It just seems easier to transition. Anyways, welcome back, Carlos. Hey, friends. Hey. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. And um, I have Carlos back on Honestly Helen podcast, and we're going to do a part two of the first episode we did with Carlos because sexual trauma, sexual abuse is a deep topic, and we wanted to do it justice, and we wanted to make sure that we didn't just share Carlos's experience, the traumatic portion. We want to follow up with the, the part that I think a lot of victims need to hear, which is the healing process and what that looks like. So Carlos graciously agreed to be vulnerable with us again. Thank you, friends. Appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. And we'll go ahead and jump into it. We'll get into it. Um, could you tell the people, Mr. Carlos, about your healing process with this experience? Um, I think with the healing process, it looks different for everyone. Yes. Not, not one healing process is the same. For me, uh, myself, like with repairing uh, my family, getting them uh, on board with my, if we're going to give it a term, I lifestyle. Mm. Because as I mentioned previously, they were not the happiest about my quote-unquote choice mm -hmm. so that that took how do you do uh, that well, it kind of started with just having the conversation because at first obviously uh when I got I was kicked out for a bit and <clears throat> when I came back they were just like they were starting to get worried about me and we had just kind of started talking little by little and then it was very there was like a long period of like don't mention it and if you don't acknowledge mm -hmm. it then you know it's not there oh, i hate that culture yeah it, i mean for sure but it's just it took me a while and i was like this was during the process of me coming to terms uh with my sexual abuse that you have to give people a chance to learn and grow mm. it's like it's easy to say that you know it's i if i want to i can just write them off and just demonize them and what have you but mm. that's the way i i'm a firm believer and you know this is just the way i think we meet people in certain aspects of our lives and they are either there to uplift us, teach us something, or we are there to help them and teach them something. And I was the only homosexual in the family. So it was kind of to me, I put it upon myself. Nobody brought this on me, but I wanted to give them a bigger view of the world and letting them know, like, you know, this isn't I understand you guys are devout to this faith, but it's so much more than that. There's yeah. more, it, and you know, even if you were to take the Bible at face value, that, that them was simpler times. Yes. 
That very true. That is all. That is very true. Yes, a very different time for sure. So society has definitely evolved to oh, the point right. where the way we identify ourselves can be an issue. Uh, even something is nationality, ethnicity, things can be, anything can almost be a hot topic. Yes, weirdly enough. Yeah, and so I had the conversation and I told my parents like, you know, that really hurt me. And, you know, I felt like I had, I definitely have abandonment issues. I don't think, I know I do. Took me years to even figure that out. And so then we kind of just started the conversation from there and, uh, you know, little by little I was showing them like the etymology of just even like the word like faggot mm. like how mm. it started and how there was the persecution of homosexuals and they would literally wrap them in carpets and tie them up in there and light the carpet and because in, in your it like alive? yeah alive because they thought they were witches because wow. they en they entranced and seduced men to have sex with them and so mm. it would and it, i mean this was way 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 back in the yeah, day yeah, yeah. like if you I go to england that. yeah if you go to england and you ask for a cigarette they call it a fag and because to them that's not a bad word and so that's where the word faggot derived from got it got it because it looked it looked like a cigarette being lit Wow, history lesson. Thank you for that. I do <laughs> ask you, Carlos, do you think that conversation was even harder because on top of you acknowledging and educating about your sexual identity, you also were assaulted. So did you feel like you had to balance? How, how did that go if that was a thing, a part of the conversation? I think the most important part and what helped in my healing process was getting them to accept what is going to be me, which is the authentic, true me. Yeah. And like you, it's, it can be overwhelming to somebody who's just like being a listener or trying to be there for them. And they get confused because they're like, well, they're just bombarding me with all their trauma. And that was the last thing I wanted to do. Mm. I did not, I didn't want to overwhelm them. How, how nice and wholesome are you? that you go through this experience and don't like, no shade to your family, but the response is the response that obviously anybody wants. And you still find it within you to think about how they're digesting this information. I, that is such an honorable trait. Like you went through all this bad shit and you're still like, well, let me be patient with them. Although they weren't patient with me to educating. I think, I think a lot of us could, hopefully a lot of us learn from that that's something I definitely don't have I'm quick to cut somebody off I kudos to you Carlos that's beautiful that is a big thing in my opinion yeah I, I a lot of the times people go through persecution and stuff like that it's usually a fear of lack of knowledge very true I mean when women were coming up and like being medics and stuff they said they were witches like there's tons of examples of throughout history yeah. yeah and it's it's just rooted in ignorance and so I was like you know let me and you know this isn't taught like in school we weren't taught about anything pertaining to gay rights the only thing we knew was Stonewall 
yeah. that's only because it was so violent. If it's not violent, it's probably not going to get talked in the history books, but they're, Oof, yeah. That's a word. <laughs> that's a word. Yeah. And so it, it just started with, it started with my family because they're, they're very important to me. And I was like, you know, if I can't have them on my side and, you know, think they were, they're warming up to it. They, they actually appreciate the culture. And after explaining how, you know, especially like in the eighties and stuff, uh, when people would get kicked out, like these, yeah, yeah. these other gay men would come and help them out, as I had mentioned uh, previously, and they really saw like a community and they're, they're like, they can't help this. <clears throat> and it's just like, it's not like I was given a Scantron and I bubbled this in. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I you think I want to, you, you think I want to make my life harder? It's, it's hard enough. Taxes, kill me. <laughs> It's just, it, it just boggles my mind because um, they even did, uh, I, I wrote a report on this as well, that when they were actually analyzing the text within the Bible, the word homosexual was actually never in it. Mm. The actual word was pedophile. Man shall not sleep with child. And so they were referencing pedophile, but when it was translated, because it's been translated so much, oh, and yes. every time it gets translated, the translators put in what they want. Yes. And so they just obviously were not very big fans of the homosexuals. And so they had translated what for that time where they were trying to specify pedophile and they changed it to homosexual. Actually, me helping my parents and my family kind of get educated on the community kind of drove them away mm. from, from religion because in the book like there's so much persecution and they use the word of the lord um definitely against them but then when they they got to meet a bunch of my my friends who are obviously homosexuals as well like even like and this is kind of where I found like a moment of like healing with my father like when I he pulled me aside and he was just like because like I had I had like a dinner party and I invited my parents and I said look you don't have to come if you don't want to and I told him I was like these are just some friends that I've met in San Francisco and when they came my dad was like these are really good people and I was like yeah dad you don't you can be different and still be a good person. Yes. You don't have to believe in the same thing and still be a good person. I was like, there's all spectrums everywhere. Yes. There's, there's good Christians and there's bad Christians. There's good Catholics and there's bad Catholics and whatever religion or whatever creed, yep. and whatever yep. nationality, there is yes. good and bad in everything. Yes, 110%. And so I think that kind of like opened their eyes and they're, they're like, all down for the peoples now. Love like, it. My Sounds my mom. Take. It, it, and I'll say it took years because I wasn't like for, trying to force it down their throats. It was yeah, like I was taking right. little wins at a time. Yes, yes. I, again, I will always commend you on that. I am just so humbled and I just love that you went through a traumatic experience that jades a lot of people and obviously it impacted you in certain ways but it didn't 
stop your authenticity to educate people to because correct me if I'm wrong the entire experience came from you just wanting more knowledge you just wanting to educate yourself on what you were feeling and so even though that was the root of what kind of led you to that situation that didn't tamper with that same like it didn't tamper with your love of learning and your love of, of knowledge and educating yourself because that was passed down to your healing process and educating your parents like you still were like okay this sucks but I want you guys to understand it so however long it takes I'm here and we're gonna do it again I don't think I'm ever gonna get over that yes yeah, it's and um kind of what started me wanting to just like educate my parents and um I mean there's there's tons of discrimination like everywhere even like within the gay community and what have you but it was just kind of like a like a little love letter to my sister who just at a young age had very little biases if you were to meet my sister you would just love her like just to see that like and to be able to have like that sense so young that most people usually take their own prejudices very seriously and still to this day she doesn't care yeah like that's what it kind of like inspired me to like you know I need to be like that like I understand what I went through is what I went through and I have two decisions I can either learn from it and build and see where I can pick up the pieces or I can let it shape and consume me and let it dictate and control me so I really, in my mind, I only gave myself two decisions. And I think that's kind of where most people get lost, especially during the healing process, especially, I mean, just in life in general, when you give yourself more options, you tend to take the easier route. When you give yourself two options that are both hard, you're gonna get some progress. I, I had a conversation with my cousin about this, literally about having too many options and messing up. I, I do want to ask, was another um, impact of your abuse led you to uh, substance abuse? How did you deal with healing from that? Uh, well, I was involved in like multiple groups because uh, it was like alcohol abuse, drug abuse. It was like, it was, it took shape in many forms. And, um, you know, for some people, they can't get away from the substance abuse. And, you know, it, it's really sad because it, it starts to consume the person internally, uh, emotionally, everything. And I had good people around me. I was lucky enough to find good people around me who were not into those types of scenes. Because like when you surround yourself around people um, who do drugs all the time, you're going to be around that setting, you're going to be enticed to do those vices more. And lucky, yeah. And, uh, you know, lucky for me that like, I, I never, I mean, of course I had some friends that like did do stuff like that, but I started to distance myself from them because I knew if it was around, it was gonna be hard for me to say no it's it it was very weird and so the the friends that I hung out with uh often were 
not people that partook in stuff like that obviously the occasional drink the happy hour yeah yeah yes but they knew they knew my I've known them for a long enough period for them to figure out like this is an outlier and he doesn't get like this he what and so they knew something was going on and so it took a bunch of them kind of like a mini intervention Mm -hmm. without having like the actual psychologist or therapist actually be there to help with the intervention yeah um so instead of like what you see on TV where they write these love letters, they were kind of like, what's wrong with you? Get your shit together. And they kind of like shook me. Yeah. Yeah. The, the tough love. I mean, it's what I'm used to. I'm, I'm Latin. So we don't know anything else but tough love. Tough love is the best love. I love the tough love. Because <laughs> it's honest. It's harsh, yeah. but it's honest. And it's, and it's, and you know, it's from a place of goodness that, and yeah. that's, I think what's that is it, it really is tough love and if it's coming from the right people, it hurts the most, but it also has the most impact because these are the people that you know, are not trying to fuck you up. Like they really, yeah. they want health for you. So, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And so, I mean, I went to, I went to AA meetings. Um, I, also was in um, a very toxic relationship where drugs were involved okay. as well. And so I went to like Al-Anon and stuff like that. And uh, the person I dated at the time were doing different substances, harder substances than what I was doing. Mm. And it, it kind of just, that's what, how it started for me with my healing, because then they just seeing them like wanting to help each other also kind of molded my perspective of like, I have to help other people as well. Maybe not in any type of 12 step program as like they would want, but mm-hmm. um, if you were to witness any type of, of the program, like there is a lot of like deep thoughts and healing from within and reaching out to the people that you've hurt and apologizing to mm-hmm. them at, like it, it's 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 really nice it was really nice to see and so I just wanted to kind of tailor it like I guess to me but I was very committed on like my own healing and so that involved me going through therapy and um it this is probably where people are going to question like, well, why did you wait so long uh, for like your sexual abuse? The thing is a lot of the times when it does happen to them, when it happens to victims, a lot of the times they start with the victim blaming and they uh, shame themselves and Mm -hmm. what have you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's more of a, it can take many different forms. Sometimes it's a more milder form than like what had happened to me. And it takes time to process to figure out like oh my god I was sexually abused yes because it could be somebody that they knew it could be a relative and it is a very weird toxic like symbiotic relationship where it's just it's almost borderline like Stockholm syndrome Mm. Mm. like this person that says that they love them is doing these bad things but then they don't want to make the person that is quote unquote giving love and they don't want to hurt them. But then in turn, they're getting hurt back and, you yeah. know, and it could take many different forms. It could take physical form, emotional, uh, 
there's there's so many different types and it really takes diligence to dissect mm. what has happened and to kind of peel back the layers uh, so I mean when when it I just hate when people are just like well they should have spoke up earlier a lot of the times they they put it away yeah they kind of just archive it and they're like we're not going to talk about this right now and it's yeah. it's hard um and my healing process has been more on the mental health side like I yes. was oh. constantly seeing therapists and um you know I've changed through a couple and therapy is one of those things that doesn't work unless you actually put effort into it. And sometimes, sometimes it is you having to change therapists until you feel that there's that right connection. And that's like what people have the, the misconception where they try it one to three times and they're like, it's not for me, it's not working for me. It's probably just not working with that therapist. And yes. that is okay. Yes, yes. Both answers are valid. All answers are valid for that because this is yours. If you don't, same thing with the doctor. If you go and you get your, your tonsils are inflamed and you go to the ENT and the doctor says your tonsils are not inflamed. You have every right to go to another doctor to get a second opinion. And if they say, you know what, you're right. And you vibe in with him or there or her, like whatever. Right. You can stick with that doctor. It's the same thing with therapists, you're not vibing with them, you don't feel a rapport with them, then you have every right to change that. And it, I mean, it took me, it took me the better half of like, I wanna say two and a half years just to find the right therapist for me. And um, my therapist had gone through like a similar situation just and understood like my culture. And so that's, that's what you kind of need to like look for. I was, I went from like being on antidepressants and trying different things. And, you know, then I eventually I kind of changed vices, like going to the gym way too often. <laughs> that would to, to the point where it was like almost unhealthy. Yeah. Um, Anything in excess can definitely be unhealthy. Even when it's good for you, for sure. Exactly. Um, and then I went to smoking. It, it was just, it was a long battle. It's a long battle, even to this day, like with addiction. Mm. Addiction never goes away. And that's the one thing that I think people don't understand or they have a false narrative due to media and what has been yeah. portrayed through that aspect like oh they go through a 12-step program and they're done and they're healed it's no it just never it's never going away you just have to fight your demons um do you a good example of that is uh, i love her is Demi lovato i think she's oh my a God. good example of addiction being a constant thing and i I guess I kind of knew that, but I've never really thought about it, about addiction not going away, because I think just like you said, media portrays that there's a fix to it. Like there is a solution. Like once you go through these things, you won't have that issue anymore, but that doesn't make sense. Like I, my mom was a prime example, not that she ever seeked professional help, but it was still a struggle every day to decide, I'm sure like what to do, like, what demon am I going to give in today 
Is it going to be liquor? Is it going to be drugs? Is it going to be both? Am I going to decide to go on the, off the deep end where I know I'm having an episode? Um, and I never, I never really took the time to really think about that though, but putting it to that light, that is, that is, you're right. I think you're hundred percent right. People do think addiction is like a, a boo-boo you get, you put a bandaid on it, it heals for a few days and boop, now you just have a scar. And it's like, no, now it's like a wound that can open again if you don't treat it and you're not consistent with it. I mean, that's the one thing about the 12 step programs. They help you realize and notice when you feel mm -hmm. like you're being swayed. Yes. And back to the point uh, you made earlier, like we are in a world where social media has just emboldened everybody to feel like their opinion has weight. Their opinion matters. What you got to say about someone you don't fucking know that person should take heed to. And that's, I think, my biggest, my biggest issue with social media is that it really empowers these ignorant bitches on this. And I mean, bitches, yep. man and female, it really empowers y'all to get there and have Twitter fingers and go after people like that. Like you literally spend your energy on tearing somebody down. Yep. <clears throat> I, I have three simple things. If people are going to weigh in on what I do and how I am, if you're not feeding me, fucking me, or financing me, then your opinion does not matter. Carlos, I shit you not. I said that all in high school and I wasn't even paying my own bills. But even then, I had a sense of like, you don't, you don't know. I feel like there's conditions to you put an opinion and you ain't meeting none of them. Yes. Uh -huh. Um, I do want to ask you, Mr. Carlos, uh, we didn't mention this before, but do you, if you have any triggers, how do you deal with your triggers? Uh, well, my, my triggers are definitely more of like when I see, or in obviously this is from what I observed, like when somebody, when I see somebody pressuring someone to try to be like, I mean, we've all been in this, in the scene where we're at a bar and somebody's, they shoot their shot and they get turned down, but they mm. still keep going. That is definitely, seeing that is a trigger for me. And um, I, a lot of people just stay quiet in those scenarios and they're, yeah. they'll just obviously like whisper to their friend. They're like, oh my God, look at this person. Yes. Uh, I'm not, I'm not quiet. I, I turn around or look at the person. I was like, did they tell you no? And they're like, yeah, then leave them alone. <laughs> they're like, are you their friend? I'm like, yes, I, I don't know them. I was like, but they're my friend. Hello. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So my, my approach is a little more uh, aggressive. To deal uh, with it, to, uh, you know, to address it. I like it. You because I like it. And I think I react that way because I wish someone was like that for me. Yes, yes, yes. And so it is, I, and you know, I'm working on it as well because it is a projection that I am putting onto others, which isn't right because then it's forcing my emotions and my feelings on True. Uh, the person. And sometimes it's, you know, it's not always welcomed. Um, that is You know, true. whether, yeah, because I've definitely had the other side where someone was like, you know, you didn't need to do that. Yeah, and I was like, well, I, I was, they were clearly bothering you. And I just wanted to make sure you were okay. And they're like, I don't even know you. And I was just like, I know you don't. I understood. I understood the scenario and what would could potentially happen. I'm not looking for thanks. I'm not looking for anything. I just don't want anybody to get hurt. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, you, I'm glad you brought that up that it's not always welcomed because I think, I think I've, I've seen a lot of that happen in our world. And I wonder, I wonder where that comes from, where if someone steps in and I won't say not welcome, but it's, it's, it's not their business. Like they're not even a part of the equation, but like when you step in because you see some, someone's going through something and you're like, you know what? I'm not gonna be that person that just sits aside and doesn't say anything. Um, and so you, you're coming from a good place. And then just to me, to get met with, no, you could have just, you, you could have kept your two cents to yourself. Like I had this, I feel like I'm, I haven't gone through it, but just thinking about it, my feelings are like are already hurt. Because to me, it'd be like, okay, yes, I get it. But damn, bitch, you could have just said thanks and turned away. Like, you didn't even have to give me all that. Just say thank you. And you could have been sarcastic with, like, thanks. You know, also, at the same time, you have to, we don't know how their day was. Maybe right. they had a bad day. Maybe they weren't in the mood. Maybe they didn't want to be bothered. Um, you know, maybe they've had their own trauma that they're dealing with as well. And somebody helping them, it could have possibly triggered them as well. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't take, I don't take it seriously because um, not everyone accepts help the same way. And sometimes you will get those reactions when you do offer help. Everybody's fighting a fight. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Um, yes, you're absolutely right. You are 110% right. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that as well. I just, I think, I think I just, one of my downfalls is I don't judge people, but I expect a lot out of people. I expect people to do better, uh, knowing that a lot of people don't know better, so they can't do better. But even with your example, your, your reaction is the perfect reaction. And I understand that logically, but the, the, I don't know, whatever inside me, the, the devil in my soldier is also like, yeah, but that person could have handled that situation different as well. And so I hear you. I just don't, I, don't, I think I'm just, I haven't reached your level of maturity yet. I'm still like, a bitch can get my mouth or these hands if they really want to. Like, if you're going to get mad at me for helping you, then you'll, you'll dress ugly and I hope you spill your drink. And then I'm going to walk off. But that probably comes with age and maybe I'll get better and I'll get like you. Yeah, I mean, I... I am definitely fallible as well. I mean, we've had, you and I have had conversations. Yes. <laughs> uh, when, I, when I want to, I can be petty. Can't always say I get the gold star for the day, every day for that. Uh, but when it, when it comes to, I mean, and that's another thing too. Some people want to like white knight the situation and want to be the savior and their expectation a lot of the times is like gratitude they want to be thanked yes. for it and it's just like don't do a good thing just because you want to reap the benefits of somebody thanking you do a good thing because it's what you believe a hundred oh yes 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 um so i think that's why i don't get offended because i know that i'm doing it with the best of intention and i don't i don't want a gold star I don't want a Good Samaritan Award. I just want, I want to help avoid people going through similar situations that I went through. Yeah. I think I just don't have the maturity of you yet. I, it's getting there. Like I feel it inside. It comes with, it comes with time. I mean, like, you know, this, this isn't anything like, you, a, like I was telling you, a lot of my healing was like late twenties yeah. and, you know, and, and I'm still working on, on me and, you know, like 
every six months I check in with myself and it just kind of helped with my mental trauma. Do I like who I am as a person? If mm. I don't, what can I do to change it? What are the character traits I don't like? What do I want to do? So creating that he the healthy mental space to create healthy habits. Yes. Uh, that I think it, it sounds very simple, but even something is like writing it down, what you like about yourself and what you don't like about yourself will can build your confidence because like even if you your list is longer of things that you don't like you can still set a goal because now that you've written it down it almost becomes tangible and you can be like yes i don't like that like i rush to conclusions or i'm hot-headed or i'm too petty <laughs> but because i mean i i was there too I'm, i mean i'm still there uh, but you got grown up pettiness. Sorry, continue, because you know I'll sidetrack about this pettiness. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, and it, it kind of helps keep me in check. Yes. From being too far detached from reality, because the reality of the situation may differ from our perception, our, perce our own perceptions, our reality. Yes. But we also need to take into consideration what's happening around us, because yes. it is... We can all, we all experience pain, but everybody experiences it differently. And it took me a long time to realize that because um, when I definitely like in my younger twenties, people would say that like something for them was traumatic. And to me, I was just like, that's it. That's all you're going through. Yeah. Yes. Like, and then I'd be like, well, you should be able to get over it. And they're like, well, you know, it's just, I'm going through this. And I'm like, no, no, now you're adding too much fluff and it doesn't need to be as big. And it took me a long time to tell myself like, Carlos, shut up, shut up. Just because I feel like I, my, my arms cut off and they got like a finger cut off, it's still pain, pain is pain. And it's hard for us to realize that like, we all, we all go through it. And I think when you start to realize that that's kind of what brings us together, our pain, um, people will probably get along a whole lot better. And I just let them, let them have their moment. We all, we all need to have moments, whether it's venting, talking it out. Yep. Um, we all need that we all everybody has a little bitch session right yes yes i know i do <laughs> it's you healthy it's it's so healthy it's so healthy ask anybody i'm such a big advocate of that because i believe writing it down makes it tangible you then can see it it's not something that's in your head you can pick up that paper and be like okay you can cross off that list yep. you do it so i love that you brought that up because anytime i'm talking to anybody and i'm trying to help them like write it down write it down. You going through something, write it down. You don't know what's the next decision, write it down. That's how I am. I have to write it down. Just yesterday, I had a, a stressful morning and I had to write I had to write out my emotions because I had a recording and I didn't feel like recording. Like I was in a dark space. I was pissed off and I was like, you know what? I got to get these emotions out. I got I to gotta get it out of my system and put it in the universe so the universe can tear it up and we'd be done with it. And, and that's how it works. And I think a lot of people underestimate how powerful it is to write things down. On top of that, I struggle with 
the exact thing you were just talking about. Even though I preach it, I understand like we all go through go through things differently, but I'm just like you where if someone is coming to me with a sob story and it's something that is like on a scale of one to 10 comparison to my situation, it's like a, a, a five or lower. I'm like, really? This is your problem today? This is your fucking issue? And you want me to feel bad for you? And as you were talking, I, I was like, oh, I was like, damn, bitch, that is how you are. And yeah. I'm, I'm like that with everybody. And I know that what we go through is always different from other people. But you're right. We, I have to internalize, like, my hurt was my hurt. And whatever that person's going through might be the same level of hurt. I just don't think it is because, to me, my situation's worse. But that's because I'm biased towards my yep. hurt. So <laughs> I definitely have to work on that. Ugh, yeah. but also We all do. I mean, and that's... That's kind of like just bringing it back to like with my family, like explaining, yeah, uh, and bringing that connection because, I mean, even through therapy, what I took out of therapy taught me to be a way effective communicator. Mm. For people to understand, you have to put an emotion with an action. Like if you and I were feuding, Helen, when you told me. I was an asshole. It made me feel sad. Mm-hmm. I was angry by that statement. It made me feel inferior. And then that gives more context and more clues, verbal clues to you to be like, oh shit. Got it. It's going to yeah. make him feel like this. And honestly, like it even helps like when you're having fights with your boyfriend, because I've used it types of context clues that you can give more tangible to them instead of just like, I, I, and you know everybody's seen this like Helen why you got to be a bitch like mm-hmm. why you got to do this why you got to do that you're not giving me you're not specifying anything of how you feel you're not specifying a certain thing that made you feel that way so how do I know and how do how do you know what you're doing right and wrong true I think the fear of being because I feel like that also makes you vulnerable to you know Absolutely. Explain your emotions and hope that that person's receptive to changing their actions. I started speaking to my parents like that through my therapy and oh, yes. they tend to, uh, they understood because I was able to give them an emotion with an action. Yeah. When yes. you said this wasn't accepted, it made me feel abandoned. It made mm-hmm. me feel alone. Um, and they were able to, through those t- context clues, they were able to understand and they were like, oh shit. And, you know, we, and then, I mean, we reconciled my, I'm there every other weekend visiting them. My mom calls me, my dad calls me. They like have become actually even more open emotionally because uh, any, anybody knows if you grew up in an ethnic household, I don't care what ethnicity it is, because I've had multiple conversations about this with different ethnicities. And the conclusion I've come down to, they are, we are brought up very similar. We are brought up very similar. Yeah. Oh God. Don't show a lot of emotion. Don't cry. Don't do this. But like, after explaining those situations to my parents, like my dad cries now. He's more open about his emotions. He tells me he loves me. And it's only brought like the family like closer together. And if we're going to go into psychological terms or whatever, like that helped soothe like my inner child. Yes. Because I wanted, I wanted that acceptance, but it took me 
to give them space and the, the chance to learn. And they were receptive and they went with it. And now like, we're, we're good. Like me and my family, we're good. Love it. Could you give us a rough uh, timeline? I know you're still going through the process, but I, I want people to have a realistic, real example of healing not happening in a span of a click of a finger. You know, I think people have this, nobody thinks that, but I, since it happened to you, I want the people to hear, you know, a real timeline. This isn't, this isn't fake TV shit. I, I think the first, the, I mean, I, it's a constant feeling of like always bettering yourself and acknowledging like what has happened. But I, I'm going to say the first time that I really felt some sense of like relief and of acceptance of what, of my sexual abuse, it probably roughly took me about like seven to eight years. Mm. And a lot of it had to do with me kind of just like putzing around and just not dealing with it and putting it behind me and then going through the whole motions of shaming myself and just mm -hmm. saying it was my fault and this and that when it's just like it, it wasn't my fault mm -hmm. I was I was really young and this person forced themselves on me yeah and I think that's why healing things with my family was what really helped me in the end because me reaching out I just wanted a sense of community I just wanted to feel accepted yes and so when my family years later was able to accept me the inner child in me was soothed and it was like we're good we can start doing real work now yeah yeah I love that I love that thank you for sharing that I do have um one more question before I kind of close this out just based off your answer what advice would you give those people who maybe don't have that option to get that acceptance from their family? Find people who are comfortable with who they are mm. and things and their life experiences. Because if you are around a bunch of people who don't feel grounded, who have chaotic lifestyles and chaotic decisions and erratic decisions and irrational decisions, then you're going to also make similar decisions. Mm. When I was going back to the inner child, like also work towards something that you felt like you wanted. Like for me, it was community, right? Like mm -hmm. I wanted that community. So, which is why when I reconciled with my family and I got that acceptance, I, I felt 10, like I felt like a hundred pounds had just come off my shoulders. Yeah. And so it's really understanding what you want. I mean, it can amalgamate to anything. Like if you always want, if you always felt like the odd one out, I was the odd one. I was always the weird one in the family, yeah. like compared to all my cousins, they were thugs and doing this and doing that. And I'm over here, I'm like, I like algebra. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I already knew I was odd. So like for me, I wanted that fit in, right? that community, that acceptance yeah. and so really understanding what you wanted as a child and then working towards soothing that inner child in you. I, that's what helped me the most. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's, that's hard to figure out because it's different for everyone. 
Yes, yes. I think you said it perfectly. You knew that yours was belonging. So you were searching for ways to create that belongingness. If it's for, if someone else, if it's just to be loved, you're going to search for places where you feel loved. So I think, yeah, having a end goal or at least knowing what your goal is for your healing. Like, what do you want? Besides you being healed, what do you want? Yeah. Community. Perfect. Yes. I love that. I love that. Well, Carl, did you have something else to say? No, no, just I was gonna say, yeah, that's, that's kind of uh, wraps it up for me and my my kind of uh, journey, uh, which is still continuing. It don't stop just because you feel better. And that's another thing too. Just because you feel better doesn't mean it stopped. Amen, yes, as we learned or as I learned, addiction is never ending. I kind of knew that, but for some reason it hit home just now. Well, Mr. Carlos, to close us out, what in, what are your final words, either um, related to healing, related to trauma? What what would your final words be to the people on our conversation? Um, probably find little things that make you happy. Like, yes, it it can be something small, something as small as like you know. I'm gonna bake myself some cookies and try a different recipe out. Like it can be something that small. Like for me, I treat myself to home spa days. That helps keep my mental headspace clear. Love it. Find the joy in the small things. Yes, oh, 110%, 110%. In closing, I, I guess I would just say hopefully anyone that has been impacted by sexual trauma, sexual abuse, I just hope you find somebody to share your story with. I hope you find somebody that you can help take that burden off. Obviously they won't ever be able to go through that experience with you, but I also am a big advocate for sharing your hurt so someone can help you with it. Um, Kind of what Carlos alluded to earlier, pain feels different from all of us. So although maybe someone wasn't sexually abused, Maybe, you know, there were beats went into their life. They were still violated. Their life will never be the same. So I would encourage you to share your story because you don't know who you might impact. And that kind of wraps up with, again, Carlos, thank you so much for being so honest and so vulnerable. I can't thank you enough. Yeah, I mean, no problem. I mean, this, this was a topic that you seemed you were really interested on. And I, after having a couple conversations, you see wanted to treat this uh, subject very delicately and diligently because I'm pretty sure compared to your other podcast because I've been listening it's uh the format is different yeah so I want to thank you for just giving the creativity to change things up because not a lot of people are like that they want things formatted and I mean it's not like you gave me a bunch of questions you're like this is what we're going to talk about <laughs> yes no I, I appreciate those kind And that's a wrap, folks. Make sure you catch the next episode. And as always, be magical. Honey, I did long. I did long. If you ain't gonna be honest, then she done.